have your Bibles, turn to Acts chapter 14, and uh, we're going to continue on in our study. Um, and if you are a guest, as I said, uh, or as the video said, thank you for being our guest. We want to make sure and answer any questions, be a blessing to you while you're here. So uh, don't hesitate to ask us. Stop by the Welcome Center, as I said. But last week we've been, again, we've been walking through the church study, and last week we talked about Paul and Barnabas and, and their mission uh, team pressing on yet again. And we talked about what their why was. And their why was sincere love for Jesus Christ and for others. And again, just as a reminder, that has to be our why in everything we do as a Christian. Because I'm telling you this, and you know this, if, if your why has ever got skewed or you lost track of that or you lost sight of that, your absolute sincere love for God and sincere love for others, then you know it's so easy to get that feeling of, of burnt out. It's so easy to get that feeling of feeling, feeling disenfranchised or disconnected or, or, or disenchanted. Like, I don't feel connected to the church. I don't feel connected to the mission. I don't feel connected to God. Again, most of the time that has to do with where our heart is, where our love, our affection is for God and the things of God, the people of God and others. And whenever we get our why right, I wholeheartedly believe, just as we see with these men, you can face you can face division, you, you know, attacks, you can face people like they experience slandering them, all those things, and still keep, the, still keep your eyes on the right thing, and that's Jesus Christ, the right person. And so again, it has to be our why in everything. I ask the question, why do you show up every week to worship? Many of you are faithful as faithful can be. You're here every single service, but I want to encourage you with that. Again, I believe that many of you who are like that, uh, do that because you have a sincere love for Christ. You love him. You love his church, which we're going to talk a little bit more about that this morning. You love, you love everything that you can get your hands on that has to do with Jesus. And so that's why you love being here. Um, and I know others uh, struggle with that. They, they are faithful out of maybe religious obligation. You come every week because that's what Christians are supposed to do. And while that's good, and it's good that you're here, and I think that uh, you should be here faithfully, I think you need to make sure that you're not doing it out of religion. Uh, you're not doing it out of obligation. You're not doing it because it is required. Uh, it's commanded in Scripture. Again, I, we've talked about those, those commands being done out of, out of love, and, and, and that's how we can keep them. But because you love Christ above all, because you love him above everything else in this world, again, there are those who value and cherish the church, his bride, his joy, as the Bible says, who for the joy set before him endured the cross. And so again, I, 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 I want to ask you, why do you show up every week? Is it because you love him? Because you love the church? Why do you faithfully serve? Many people are involved in, in, in ministry and serving. And, and again, I believe many in this church who are involved in serving do it because they love the Lord and they love the church. They love people. They love just doing what God has given them an opportunity in his grace to do. I pray that's why you're serving. And again, you, you value him. You value his church. You value his bride. I hope that you're not serving because somebody keeps nagging you to serve. Somebody keeps asking you. The question I want to ask this morning is why do you endure the struggle? Why do you bear with shortcomings of others? Why, why do, you, do you continue to be in that path of following Christ, even pressing through offenses from brothers and sisters in Christ? pushing through them to a place of reconciliation. Again, I pray that we are doing all of this because we love Christ above all. Therefore, we cherish and we value his church. We value and cherish his bride, one another. 
This week as we move forward, we're recognizing our, our veterans as we did already uh, this morning and hopefully all day today and, and this week. I think we should do it every day. Uh, but I think it's fitting that we are about to see what we're about to see in this um, this morning. So let's pray again and see what God has for us. Father, thank you again for this time. Thank you for our veterans. Thank you for their families. We know that the veterans uh, are able to serve, and many of them have served faithfully and, and uh, with honor because of, of great family support that they had and uh, families that stuck with them through the hard times and pushed through with them and encouraged them and went through all the sacrifices with them. Um, Lord, I just I thank you so much for our veterans and their families. Lord, thank you so much for the men and women who are scattered throughout the, the globe who are looking out for the interest of this nation. Lord, and while we're in a time of, of turmoil as a nation, while we're in a time, time of division and, and, and even in some cases, in some ways, hostility uh, toward one another as a nation, uh, we're so thankful that men and women are still serving. And many of them are, are facing things today, even in their service, that uh, they shouldn't have to be facing. And Lord, we pray that you'll just encourage them, strengthen them, help them. Uh, I pray that they would uh, feel our, our love and our affection as we're praying for them. I pray you just give them grace and peace even now. And again, we, we thank you for this opportunity to, uh, to be in your word, to learn from, from you, from the Spirit, we know teaches us all things in you, and we pray that you're glorified in this time. And Lord, if there's somebody here that's lost, um, I pray they wouldn't leave that same way. They wouldn't chance their eternity on being good. They wouldn't chance their eternity on, on a head knowledge. Uh, but God, they would make sure today that they are leaving this place with a real, sincere, personal relationship with through you through faith in, in Jesus Christ. And Lord, we'll praise you for what you do. I ask all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Acts chapter 14, verse 1, in Iconium, they entered the synagogue of the Jews together. Again, uh, we, we could break down word for word. We could break down so many things in all of this. But look at that again. They, again, a togetherness, a unity, this missionary team, this, 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 these servants of the Lord, these Christians, these followers of Christ, they entered the synagogue of the Jews together. They were together. They were unified. They knew they had a mission. They knew they had commands. They loved the Lord together. And in the same manner they spoke, that large number, in the same manner that they entered before, they spoke in that same manner, and a large number of people believed, both Jews and Greeks. And again, this tells us so many things, but among all the things that we could see in this, and all the things that we could pull out of this, I believe this is something that is so uh, clear and so important. We see these men, we see this team doing this time and time again. And point number one in your notes, right off the bat, is this, God commands and rewards faithfulness. God commands and rewards faithfulness. Uh, I know many of you have, have probably read and heard different stories about military men and women who have deserted, even in recent history, deserted their team, that have uh, betrayed their, their units, have become treacherous, and that is, that is something that is just an absolute violation of the, 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 the pledge, the oath, that men and women take the, the not only that, be, I, I believe beyond that, and, and knowing military men and women uh, closely, uh, there's that, that, that code, even it was spoken in that video, that, that closeness, that unity. How could you do that? How could you trade? How could you abandon? How could you be like that with your team? And again, I, I see this 
team, this mission team, this missionary team in our, in our study, together. Man, they're in it no matter what. They already had one dessert. They already had John Mark go back home, couldn't take it. But now they have this team that's refined. They've gone through the fire. They've, they've gone through the valley. They've gone through dark times. They've, they've been through all these things already. And it's just now starting in, in many respects for them. We see them following God's commands and being faithful to him. John chapter 4, verse 35 says, Do not stay there yet four months and comes the harvest? Look, I tell you, lift up your eyes and see that the fields are white for harvest. Already the one who reaps is receiving wages and gathering fruit for eternal life, so that the sower and reaper may rejoice together. For here the saying holds true, one sows, another reaps, and I sent you to reap that for which you did not labor. He's talking to his followers. Jesus is talking to his followers. Others have labored, and you have entered into their labor. You know, the, the, the thing about it is, is so many times, I know for me, I shared this recently, Early on in ministry, you try to witness to somebody, try to lead somebody to the Lord, share the gospel with somebody, whether you're knocking on the door or talking to somebody out in public, and they, they, they don't want anything to do with it. They don't, they don't want to accept Christ. Maybe they'll hear the whole gospel presentation. Maybe they're moved. Maybe you can see conviction on them. Maybe they're crying. Maybe they say, I want to go to heaven. I don't want to go to hell. But at the end of that, that opportunity, at the end of that conversation, they ultimately say, not right now. I don't want to surrender my life. I don't want to give all to Christ. I don't want to accept that free gift of salvation. I want it, but I don't want to, I don't want to entrust him the way that the scriptures say I have to entrust him. I've seen that happen before, and then somebody else come along and share the gospel with that same person. That person gets saved like that. And wow, that's amazing. Jesus was saying, look, there's, there, there are times that there are those who are sowing, and there are times that there are those who are reaping. You disciples are entering into the labors of others gone before you who are faithful, who are, who are faithful. And now that you are faithful, as long as you are faithful, there is reward so that both the sower and the reaper are rewarded. If you look at that word faithfulness, of course, the root is faith. Faithful. Descriptive of someone who is full of faith. But faith in what? And faith in who and why? Touching a little bit on what we talked about last week and what I talked about at the beginning of the message. I don't believe that you will be faithful to something or more importantly someone you don't sincerely love. I don't believe that you can be faithful to something or someone you don't sincerely love and say, yeah, I think that you can. Well, maybe there are a few instances where people just stay out of obligation, for instance, in a marriage or maybe in a job. But more importantly speaking, spiritually, you're not going to stay faithful to the Lord. You're not going to stay faithful to his church if that love isn't in the right place. I've seen many times you can't have relationship with a severed head. That's gross anyways. That's weird, right? Just as every body part, even many of you way more medically understanding than me, uh, I know a little bit, but I know that our, our bodies are filled with vessels, blood vessels, and they're filled with um, w just tissue and liquid and just, it's, it's interesting. We talked about this recently, that, 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 that our, our craniums are full of squishy stuff that that are all connected to every part of our body. And it all works and just continues to work. Like I woke up this morning, and we were talking about this morning, the, your phone automatically changes over when the time changes, right? 
That's an amazing thing. And what's even more amazing to me is that we woke up. Like our brain said, all right, let's go, another day. And our body said, yeah, well, maybe our body, our body didn't. Maybe our body said, no. But we, we like, it just happened automatically. We didn't say, like we set an alarm, and the alarm goes off because we told it to do it. None of us, none of us in here did anything outside of what our brain told us to do. Again, every body part, every vessel, every cell, which is amazing, every single atom molecule cell that's, that's in our body overseen by our physical head, our, our brain, each part having this unique connection to the brain, right? I'm so glad that like my, my hands or my feet aren't connected in the same way to my brain that my eyes are, right? I'm so glad that my eyes are designed with specific cells and specific nerves and specific things that talk to the brain in a special way that, that we talked about this last week, that we can actually look at something and see, right? There's a lot of people that have eyes, but they can't see. God's design is that it communicates with the brain. The brain communicates with the eyes, and the brain is in control ultimately of everything. In the same way as individuals, spiritually speaking, we have this unique connection to Jesus Christ. Every single part, every single one of us in this room has this special, unique one. Some have connections like the eyes, but not necessarily more important than, than that of the heart or, or that of the hand. Every part is vital, spiritually speaking. When we've surrendered our lives to him, that unique connection, however that we have with him as an individual body part. You say, well, I'm, I'm a finger, and I don't always have to be a part of the head. Yeah, you do. It's weird if it's not. That unique connection doesn't negate the design of the body, the entire body. We collectively are members of his body, him being the head, just as, as I, I can't say that, well, my finger is not, my finger is its own self. No, it's not. It, it, it is a finger, but it's a part of the hand. And it's a part of the arm. It is a part of my body. It is not just out there by itself doing whatever it wants to do. Every part is connected to the whole. Every part that's connected to the whole is controlled by the head. Jesus is the head of the church. Very clearly, Scripture says that. Romans chapter 12, Therefore I urge you, brethren, by the mercies of God, present your bodies a living and holy sacrifice acceptable to God, which is your spiritual service of worship. And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, so that you individually may prove what is the will of God, that which is good and acceptable and perfect. For through the grace given to me, I say to everyone among you, not to think more highly of himself than he ought to think. But to think so as to have sound judgment, as God has allotted to each a measure of faith. For just as we have many members in one body, all the members do not have the same function. Praise God. So we who are many are one body in Christ. Just as the, the body has different members, I'm, I'm so thankful that my heart's not sitting out on my sleeve. That was gross. Our, our heart's an amazing thing, but they... They look gross compared to, like, our skin, right? Women put makeup. Can you imagine trying to make up on a, on a heart or something? Or a liver? Livers look, that's gross, too. God put them inside. They're vital organs. They have a design. They have a purpose. I'm not saying some of you are ugly or some of us are ugly. But 
the Bible says that there are some parts that are more uncomely than, than others. Jesus said it, not me. Anyways, verse 6, since we have gifts differing according to the grace, so each design, each body part has a different function, same spiritually. We have gifts that differ according to the grace that's been given to us. Each of us is to exercise them accordingly. So, again, Paul tells this to the Romans, he tells it to the Corinthians, so that the, the, the hand can't say to the foot, well, I wish I was a foot, or the eye can't say to the ear, well, I wish I, was a, I wish I was an ear. No, each part was designed by God specifically to accomplish his purpose. If prophecy, again, this is spiritually talking in the church, according to the proportion of his faith, somebody's supposed to preach or, or speak, then according to the proportion of his faith. If service, if the gift of service is, is, is what you've been designed to do, in his serving, or someone who teaches, in his teaching, or somebody who has the gift of exhortation, in his exhortation, he who gives, somebody who has the gift of ho uh, hospitality or giving, generosity, do it with liberality. He who leads, if you've been given the, 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 the gift of administration or leadership, do it with diligence. He who shows mercy with cheerfulness. And look at this next verse, let love be without hypocrisy. That's the engine. That's the drive. That's the motivation. That's what has to be behind everything that we do and everything we are. Let it be with that hypocrisy. Look, if we can't love the Lord and love one another sincerely, then what are we doing? What are we doing? Let's be sincere in our love for God. Let's be sincere in our love for one another. And if you're struggling with a sincere love for others in this place, you got to check your heart. This should be one of the easiest places to love one another. That's why I believe it's so often the most attacked place with our love for one another. That's why I believe there are so many attacks in churches, so that we can't do what God has designed us to do to be who God has designed us to be, this body. Abhor that which is evil, cling to that which is good. Be devoted to one another in brotherly love. There it is again. Give preference to one another in honor, not lagging behind in diligence. Don't, don't be lazy, but fervent in spirit, serving the Lord, rejoicing in hope, uh, persevering in tribulation, devoted to prayer, contributing to... See, that's why we have prayer services. We want to be devoted to prayer, contributing to the needs of the saints, giving, practicing hospitality. Bless those who persecute you. Bless and don't curse them. Rejoice with those who rejoice. Look, something happens good to somebody in this church. Somebody gets blessed. Some, God gives favor to somebody. You should be happy for them. You should say, praise God. You should say, man, I'm so excited for you. You shouldn't be jealous or bitter or envious. Those are the things of the world. Those are the things of the flesh. Rejoice with those who rejoice. And when someone's weeping, weep with them too. Be of the same mind toward one another. Do not be haughty in mind, but associate with the lowly. Be humble. Do not be wise in your own estimation. Never pay back evil for evil to anyone. Respect what is right in the sight of all men. If possible, so far as it depends on you, be at peace with all men. Never take your own revenge, beloved, but leave room for the wrath of God. God's going to get it. Vengeance is mine, he says, and I will repay. But if your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he's thirsty, give him drink. For in doing so, you'll heap burning coals on his head. Look, somebody starts treating you really, really nice. All of a sudden, you might start questioning. No, don't question. <laughs> Maybe the Lord got to hold their heart and they need to be more hospitable, like it says. Do not overcome. Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. Ephesians chapter 1, he put all things under his feet. Jesus gave him as head over all things to the church. Chapter 4, verse 25, therefore, having put away falsehood, let each one, each one of you speak the truth with his neighbor, for we are members one of another, we're connected in the spirit. Ephesians chapter 5, verse 23, 
Just like the husband, husband is the head of the wife, he's not the boss of the wife. It's just the design of God. He's head of the wife, even as Christ, the head of the church, his body. He is, and it is himself its Savior. Colossians chapter 1, he is the head of the body, Jesus, the church. He is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead. It's talking about not the fact that he, he had his, his beginning at that point in time. It means it's, it's, a, it's a ranking. Firstborn means preeminence. He's over. It's his rank. That in everything he might be preeminent. That in everything he is over all. Again, as we recognize and honor our veterans today, as we're thinking about how, 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 how blessed we are to have them, we understand that they went through some really, really intense training to be a part of the military. Why? I believe the reason why they, that military has to go through such intense training is so that they can understand the vital importance of working together as one. That's what I've been told. You know, to break them down so that you learn to work together as a unit. No, no man left behind as a force. No longer on their own page. No longer out for themselves, but for one another. And in the church, why do some go unfaithful? Why do some go from being in Christ and in the body and faithful and serving to, to just barely even making it? Why do some go from all-in, team mentality, we are in this together, thick and thin, we are here to the end? Not just assembling with the saints, which again is that command based off of love. Ephesians, I mean, Hebrews chapter 10, verse 24 through 26 tells us that. Faithful to assembly, yes, but faithful to fellowship. Are you connecting with other believers outside of this? Are you, are you fellowshipping? With, with the, the body that, that God has placed you in. Can you imagine what it would be like if you woke up every week in just a random body part? It was like, what's going on? What am I supposed to do? Some, some people are like, I, I deal with that every morning. <laughs> There's certain body parts that are like, whoa, we're not a part of this. <laughs> faithful to serve, faithful to the body. I said before, Paul and Barnabas had to be motivated by love for Christ, which I believe breeds love for other people, even those who ridiculed and persecuted them. We saw last week Paul would eventually write to the Roman believers about his desire for all of Israel to be saved, so much so that he would be accursed himself. That's the kind of love that was driving this, this, this man of God. He said, look, these people that are trying to kill me, these people that obviously want me dead, they don't want me teaching this doctrine of grace to the, to the Jews, they, they, they want me gone. He said, I still want them saved. I still want the Lord to touch their hearts. The truth is sometimes we, we still get off track when we do have those things. But I think that's because we take our confidence, our reliance off of Christ and we put it on ourselves, right? We talked about it this morning. Sometimes you forget how big God is. We look at our problems, we look at our struggle, we, we, we look at what's going on in our world, what's going on in our nation, we look at our feelings, we, we go off of so many other things than complete just trust in Jesus Christ. And I believe when we get off of that complete reliance and complete dependence, complete confidence, complete trust, all the same, all the same words, when we, get, when we move from that and we put it on ourselves or put it on other things, that's when the slip begins to happen. That's when we start to lose that deep connection with our Lord. That's when that intimacy with Him starts to suffer. 
and our love then begins to wane. It starts to, starts to diminish. And then guess what? It's just a matter of time when our love is suffering that our faithfulness begins to suffer. Love and faith is the foundation of faithfulness. Mark chapter 10, Peter began to say to him, See, look, Jesus, we've left everything to follow you. What else, what else more do you want from us? What else? Jesus said, Truly I say that there is no one who has left house or brothers or sisters or mother or father or children or lands for my sake and for the gospel who will not receive a hundredfold now and this time houses and brothers and sisters and mothers and children and lands with persecutions. It's going to be like that. But also, in the age to come, they'll receive eternal life. You'll be rewarded. You'll be re rewarded for your faithfulness. You'll be rewarded for giving your all for Christ. But it has to be driven by love. And why are you faithful? Why do you serve? Why are you here? Why do you stay? Why do you keep going? It has to be for love. It has to be for love for Jesus. And it's based off of your faith in him, your confidence in him, utter reliance and trust in him. Again, I believe this is what scripture tells us, produces faithfulness. And don't, don't, don't be discouraged. Don't weary in your mind, as scripture says. You will be rewarded. So why are, some people look like that they can go through anything in this world they can suffer maybe sometimes it, it appears that they don't ever go through anything bad it looks like their life is just a a golden skeptor it's just amazing nothing ever happens wrong with them what what is going on man i i, I don't i don't understand that sometimes you look at people's lives like man they are so blessed maybe it's because they're completely in love with the lord and they're faithful to him and god just keeps blessing them and I can't explain it, but sometimes that's the case. And it seems like that they go through one trouble, through another trouble, through another trouble, through another trouble, through another trouble. They said, so, well, that, how is that fair? How is some person completely in love with Christ, completely faithful to him and his church and his kingdom and his mission, and then they get just blessing. The red carpet rolled out for them, everything in their life. And then this person, it seems like they are the same exact, seemingly same exact thing, and then nothing but troubles and trials and struggles along the way. Listen, that last part of that verse said, in the age to come, eternal life. This world is not our home. Such an important point. I want every single person in this church, every single member of our church to experience the great riches of God, the blessings of God, not riches of the world, riches of God in this life right now. I, I, I'm not saying I want anybody to suffer physically. That's not by my heart. But that, I, I want God's blessings on every member in this church. I pray for that. But most importantly, I pray that every single member of this church stands before him one day and he gives you the reward of a faithful life. I want every single church member to be greatly rewarded on that day of accountability. Matthew chapter 25, for it would be like a man going on a journey who called his servants and entrusted them with his property. To one he gave five talents, another two, another one, each according to his ability, and then he went away. He who had received the five talents went at once and traded them and made five talents more. So did the same guy who, who got two talents went and made two talents more. But the guy who received one talent went and he dug in the ground, in the earth, he put his confidence in himself, put his confidence in what he could do, and hid his master's money in the ground, in the earth. And after a long time, the master of those servants came and settled accounts with them, held them accountable. And he who had received five talents came forward, bringing five talents more, saying, here, 
you delivered me five talents, and here I've made five talents, but here's ten. His master said to him, well done, good, and you say it, faithful servant. You've been faithful over a little, and I will set you over much. Enter into the joy of your master. And he also had two talents, came forward saying, master, you delivered me two talents. He didn't argue, he didn't gripe, he didn't complain, well, why did, why did Bill get five Bill had the red carpet laid out for him his whole life. Five talents. Came back with ten. All I had was two. I made you two talents more. His master said to him, well done. Good and faithful servant. You've been faithful over a little. I will set you over much. Enter into the joy of your master. Same exact reward. Same exact eternal reward. Because they were what? faithful. He also had received the one talent came forward saying, Master, I knew you'd have been a hard man. I knew you were a, a very strict and mean and, and judgmental God and you were always looking to take what was not yours and, and give it to those. that you. I, I knew that's who you were. So what I did is I hid what you gave me in the ground. I put confidence in myself so that I could just return it back to yourself. I didn't serve. I didn't trust. I didn't invest. I didn't go. I, I wasn't faithful to you at all. I just hid it in the ground and went about my own life. I hid it in the ground and went about my life. See, it took work and faithfulness for those five and those two. They had to actually serve. They were, they were faithful. But the one who had won just hid it in the ground and said, look, hey, as long as he comes back and gets his own, he'll be fine. As long as I make it to heaven, I should be fine. And look what he says, though. Is that really trust? Is, if, if faith is the root of faithfulness, is it really trust if you're not faithful? His master said to him, so he came back and said, here, here's your talent, verse 25, 26. But his master answered him, you wicked and slothful servant. If you knew that I reap where I have not sown and gather where I, I scatter no seed, then you ought to have invested my money with the bankers at least. And so when I came back, I would receive my own with some interest not necessarily doubled it but at least something done something been faithful in a little bit just a little bit so take the talent from him and give it to him who has ten talents whoa wow why because he was faithful what was the root of faithful faith love and faith he says, for everyone who has will be given, more will be given, and he who has, and he will have abundance. But for the one who has not, even what he has, what he has will be taken away. Listen to this, and cast the worthless servant into outer darkness, into that place where there'll be weeping and gnashing of teeth. That's all we're going to get this morning. I'm not going to get point two, but I want to challenge you this morning. Do you have faith in Christ? Because faith will make you faithful got to be driven by love though faith and love together you can't stop just like this missionary team you couldn't stop them nothing was going to stop them because they loved the lord they had absolute confidence in jesus and that gave them a love for those persecutors it gave them a love for the lost it gave them a love for one another and they were faithful and they were being rewarded right now and I know they got rewarded when they entered into the presence of the Lord. 
If you're a Christian here this morning, I hope that your mentality is not that you've got your ticket, you're going to bury that in the ground, and then you're just going to go live your life for you. And then when Jesus comes back, you'll say, okay, here's, here it is. I, I prayed that prayer. I remember that day. I marked it in my Bible. I pray that every single person in here who professes to be a Christian is faithful because you have absolute reliance on him and because you love him more than anything else. Look, if you love him more than anything else, nothing will keep you away from him. Nothing. You can't help it because you love him. I've used this illustration before and I'm done. Remember when you first fell in love with your spouse? You couldn't get enough of them. You want to talk to them, write to them, all those things. You, you, you want to, I shared the story about me even, like we would stay on the phone at night, right? It was a corded phone. And me and Rochelle would talk, and the next thing you know, like, hello? And all you could hear. You just, you couldn't talk enough, you couldn't be enough. Man, we love Jesus more than that. How could we ever be pulled away from him, his body, his mission? It's when we get about ourselves again. We start putting confidence in ourselves, confidence in the world, taking our trust off of him. If you're here this morning, you've never, you know you've never put your life in the hands of Jesus. You know you've never surrendered all. You're still banking on that you can be good enough, still banking on that you can come to church, still banking on anything else other than a complete sinner to Christ. I'm begging you this morning, don't be that wicked servant. Don't be that one that he cast out of his presence. Surrender all today. Be the one that he says one day, enter into the joy of your Lord. Let's pray. Father, thank you for this time. Thank you for what you do in our life. Thank you for the reminder. Again, we see just a, a small clip in our text this morning about um, these men being faithful. They, they enter into the synagogue yet again, a, a, another synagogue where they would be persecuted after leaving a town where they were persecuted by those in the synagogue. They go back to a synagogue. They were faithful, and they were faithful together. And Lord, you were using them and blessing them and rewarding them. And I pray we would learn these lessons, that we wouldn't be ignorant, we wouldn't be hard-hearted, that we wouldn't be selfish, that we wouldn't have stopped up spiritual ears. God, we would hear what you're trying to say to us. As we live in this time on this earth where I feel like that it's, it's getting close to the end of the end, that we as your people would rise up and be the ones that are counted among the faithful. Lord, when it's all said and done, that this church, the members of this church, would be those in, in, in your presence who you say, well done, good and faithful servants. Lord, help us be those. Lord, again, if there's somebody here that's lost, I pray they wouldn't leave that same way. We ask you to move now in this invitation as we respond in Jesus' name. Amen. If you'll stand as he sings, I want to invite you to come.